from Anchor FM, this is Etch the Edges, where we climb the steep cliffs of the divide, the issues that separate us from the right and the left, and we do the hard work of closing that divide. Find the common ground we know we all share. Hi, I'm B.S. Brown, your host, and together we will etch the edges. America has often been at the crossroads, and yet here we are again. What do we do? And how do we do it? Together, let's get into it. Our purpose? To do the work. To truly peel away at the extremes, for it's the extremes, the extremes that divide us. The tail is wagging the dog. Small groups of people with outsized voices are commanding the stage, and the rest of us? Well, the rest of us suffer for it. It's time for all that to change. Let's lean into discomfort. Let's have the hard conversations, and together, let's etch the edges. Welcome back to another episode of Etch the Edges. Today, we'll have two very special guests online with us. For today's show, we're going to dive a little deep into discomfort. We're going to talk about some things that are very of the moment, hot topic to be sure, but we always want to make sure we stay true to our mandate. Here on Edge the Edges, the point is to do everything we can to share stories, to personalize, to try and de-otherize so we can understand what's happening by point and perspective, because that is truly the only way we close the ideological divide. So with that, we're going to dive right in with our special guest. Today we have Dr. Therese Johnson. She is a member of the Gwinnett County School Board. And we also have Mrs. Karen Watkins, who is the vice chair on that very same board. Now, wherever you are, especially here in Gwinnett County in Georgia, you know what's been going on with the school board. And now we're starting to see, or we have been seeing that for quite some time all across the country. Today's podcast is about having a discussion that details that from the perspective of these two distinguished ladies. And with that, welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, like I said, we're just going to dive right in. We're going to go into the deep end with this discomfort thing. As of this week, right, there was an announcement, um, a response to a letter that the National School Boards Association sent to President Joe Biden that cited a May meeting of the Gwinnett County School Board of Education as an example of the disruptions that we've been seeing all over this great country of ours. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, the bottom line is that folks in education are feeling put upon. That's a nice way of saying you've been feeling threatened. So we definitely want to dive deep into that and gain an understanding of what it is and, and how did we get here? Dr. Therese, can we start with you? Um, let's see, how did we get here? What we are seeing, in my opinion, is history repeating itself. And how we got here was, um, or how we got here is essentially um, us not really learning from the past and making the necessary corrections in our history to do better. Um, a lot of the disinformation that's surrounding our what's happening in our nation around our school boards 
you know, you see CRT, there's a lot of confusion around really what that means. And um, people, because they don't understand what CRT is, then they are creating this narrative um, and redefining CRT to fit an agenda that supports an ideology that is rooted in fear, bigotry, and hate. And we have not in our history really effectively named it and dealt with it. Our school systems have sort of brushed a lot of the learning around, you know, um, embracing differences and understanding and appreciating commonalities and, and, and understanding really what is empathy and how do we learn through differences and how do we appreciate people as human beings and respectfully disagree? How do we be compassionate individuals? How, like our school system, our families, um, our society has not really uh, dealt with educating our youth and now these adults who are now showing up at the board meetings angry um verbally violent um and and uh and and engaging in cyber bullying um we haven't dealt with that in our history unfortunately in the way that we we could and we should deal with it and so um, you know, pe people are, don't have the empathy. Um, people aren't seeing um, a lot of the school board members as people who are just trying to do their job, keep schools safe, keep our students secure, and make sure that our students are achieving academically. And the issue around the masks the issue around, you know, whether school should be closed or not, um, if there's a significant outbreak, the issue around vaccinations, all of these things are also rooted in disinformation and conspiracy theories. Um, and so we have people very, very angry about some of the decisions that school boards are making. Now, I wanna be clear, it is okay for people to come to the school board and disagree with the policy. If it's on the agenda and there's a subject related to maybe masks and parents want to dis disagree with the mask mandate, that is totally okay for parents to speak about their disagreement of a policy or decision. But what is not okay is when parents start um, becoming verbally violent uh, engaging in personal attacks and participating in cyberbullying, engaging in intimidation tactics to try to uh, express their point and uh, force or encourage school boards to uh, rescind the mass mandate. And, 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 and we are where we are today. And we've, you know, again, because history is repeating itself. I feel like we're living in a twilight zone. I can't believe it's 2000, you know, and 21. And we're dealing with what we're dealing with today in our society. And, and I really believe this is a post-Trump era where even as you see the data 
in our in in uh, hate crimes have increased in in the Asian community. Hate crimes increase in the Jewish community, the Black community. We have we have a, a, a huge uptick in 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 hate crimes, and 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 to me, it's a result of um, people being more emboldened because of the last administration, Trump and 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 the resurgence of white supremacist organizations. Um, but we really haven't, um, you know, dealt with that. We really haven't dealt with the bigotry. And um, and and I think because we haven't, people have just become more emboldened and they've become um, very open about their hate and their racism. Um, so, so I think we're dealing with the two two things. We're dealing with bigotry, and we're also dealing with people who just fundamentally disagree, right? Who just fundamentally disagree, and they're angry, and they're taking it out um, um, on school board members. So they have their own political agendas around that. And unfortunately, I don't think our school board should be a place of politics. It should be a place of purpose, a place of purposely engaging our community members listening to them with respect. And even if we disagree, it's, it should be a place where we do what we can to ensure the academic success and social emotional um, well-being of our students. Wow. Um, Dr. Reese, just off the cuff, I'm gonna say you brought a lot to unpack and that, that's appropriate. That's exactly what we want. It's just everything that you said was so powerfully charged. And we're going to come back and, and, come and go over some of those, those particular points by context as the podcast continues. I mean, from the CRT piece to the mass piece, and, and both of them are totally undergirded and laced a drip with politics. We know that. I'm quite sure some of the people who have decided to hitch their wagon to this very, very almost rabid horse to pull them along, it, it, it puts them in a space of mind where they've discontinued their ability to think critically. And as you say, I, I like how you put it, it's very important, they lose their sense of compassion. I mean, to be quite honest, I have been to a few board meetings myself and I have seen the vitriol from some of my fellow community members and they don't aim it at the topic. They, they, they often aim it directly at you. And that yes. is wholly inappropriate. It, it is some, it's inappropriate, it's unnecessary, and you can tell that they take this personally by otherizing you. They do that. And those of us who have taken the time to look up who you are and what you do, we, we realize that your point and passion and purpose in life as, as, a, as a making a living, your work is laced with compassion and, a, and, and due consideration for diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging. You actually do that for a living and you, the last thing you want to do is disenfranchise, politicize, or, or cause harm to someone's family, most especially their child. So I, I just say that, I just want to add that, that I, I take it personally, you know, when I see them attacking you in that manner, because to your point, it harkens back to a different day before the 50s, because in the 60s, from the 50s to the 60s, we know we were getting charged to once again fight our generational fight against the, the looming hate and racism that was, you know, brought about at the founding of the root of this great nation. It's something that we constantly have to do. And every once in a while, we once again find ourselves shocked by just how far we have to go. Obama presented such hope, such promise, but we know it was Obama's rise, his ascendancy that gave rise, unfortunately, 
to Trump because half the nation lost its collective mind. And it's quite clear that Trump made it okay to hate. You know, that's that's nothing that we can dispute. And I don't care to debate it with anybody because you can look out every day and see that it, it, ju it just is. The Trump train set up visuals in states where the election was happening, where it was okay, apparently, for folks to come up to Biden buses and try and run them off the road. You look like a banana republic. It's totally insane. And those type of activities continue today. In this, as you say, post-Trump era, we know we've got a lot of people that are still angry. And often enough, they're not quite sure what they're angry at. They, they can't articulate it. They just latch on to the next thing, the wedge issue. But I wax philosophic too far myself. The show isn't about me, it's about you too. Um, Karen, please, please, please jump in. You know, how, how do we get here? What's your perspective on this thing when you're, when you're sitting in the middle of the board meeting and they're hurling invective like rocks from the back of the room <laughs> all the way to the front? It's, it's, anyway, please speak. <laughs> so how do I think we got here? I think we got here. Um, I think this is 100% political in nature where our high level politics from our federal government, you know, Congress, Senate, um, to local government, um, House representatives, our Senate locally, um, has found a way to rile up a base locally. School boards didn't experience all of this before. The focus was student achievement, right? How do you spend the money to help ensure the students achieve, right? How, how, what policies to help ensure the students achieve? But um, because um, certain bases, how, how do you get to a base, right? How do you get to a certain base that may not be totally into politics like that, right? But need to get riled up, get to them through their schools, parents, engage parents, right? Especially conservative parents, they're all about what's going on in their schools. So get to them through their schools. And how do you get to them? You leverage their fears, okay? How do you leverage their fears? Try to tie it back to something that's political. Because how, how did all of this happen, right? You think about with um, SROs. SROs have nothing to do with defunding the police. But for some reason, they correlated SROs to defunding the police, okay? That riled up a fear in folks because they're like, oh no, we need to protect our children. You know, then, they, then folks started getting upset. There's a, of course, these are things, school boards, they can't control. There's no policy. All we, there's no policy to say defund the SROs. <laughs> That's an operational effort that has nothing to do with the school board. When I say nothing to do, we fund what the superintendent recommends. <laughs> <laughs> so the re recommendation is based off of experience, consultation with community members, all of those things. The school board doesn't just say defund the SROs, but there was a correlation made based off of fears. Okay. Um, mass. The school board is not the CDC. <laughs> the school board does not put policy in place that says, you must wear a mask. That's an operational issue, right? But it was a political issue that slid in. They had to tie it somehow. Now slid in as now political issue. CRT. <laughs> the school board does not make decisions on curriculum, 
we we make decisions on the cover based off of you know um, what the community says, what the state is guiding. It starts with the state. There's nothing in there about CRT. As a matter of fact, I don't think my child, seven years old, would be able to even understand because my child still can't critically think. That's a part of it, critical. <laughs> and you gotta be able to critically think about theories. We can't even get there. So the tie, because of diversity, inclusion, all these things, they tie, they, they made it, they made diversity, inclusion, equity, such a dirty, dirty little phrases because um, they're mentioned in the CRT component, right? Which has nothing to do, again, here, high level, right? <laughs> That's not a school board issue. It's not even mentioned in, you know, we don't, we did not identify, we do policy. We don't even identify, we teach CRT. <laughs> or we're not going to put in our policy, we are going to teach CRT. That, you know, so, you know, what I think is happening is that, that you know, higher level politics, which would be coming from our federal, you know, federal politicians and even our state politicians to help drive a local, um, they want to drive the local base to think about something that may not even touch the local base so that they can rile them up to get them out to vote. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate that this has come in, you know, we got to talk about this because like Dr. Therese said, we are here for education wise and we want to make sure our children do critically think, critically think to the point that they know when they grow up not to leverage disinformation, right? And really think about how, you know, what what mm -hmm. they are, what, what they're voting upon, you know, what they are, um, you know, just going out into the world and really understand and they have to think about um, why it's important to do research, why it's important to understand why certain things are there. And hopefully we as an educational system can help them to critically think about things so that they are not um, swayed by disinformation <laughs> and then making decisions where it causes them to be angry, <laughs> to show up at meetings and, you know, be angry about things we can't control. We can't control this stuff, but they're so upset. Very, very upset. And, um, you know, and then that takes us away from our focus, which is student achievement and making sure our children are happy, healthy, nurtured and cared for in school, that they are, you know, not becoming, they're not growing up to be bullies. They're not growing up to be um, 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 people who um, are, you know, you know, like, you know, like aren't people who aren't contributing positively to our society. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, people should be silenced in their voice, you know, in their voice, but if we are dealing with the school board, let's stay on topic with what the school board is not leveraging topics that are um, at, you know, you know, it's not to our best, you know, it won't do us all great good if we are discussing things that are, you know, off topic, that's great. You want to share your voice, but especially at a board meeting, let's stay on topic. 
This is what we have to do today. This is the work we're doing right now. If we're not talking about masks, then that's something, and for the board at least, if we're not, if you don't see a topic saying mass, <laughs> then that means that's not the main focus right now. As a matter of fact, you have an outlet to go ahead and talk about mass. We have thought exchange, we got emails, we got Facebook, we got all these things where you can share your thoughts and your voice on a mass. You can share your thoughts on the voice about defunding police. You can share your thoughts and your voice on CRT. We hear you, um, but that may not be the, the topic that we're going to address at a school board meeting because it's something we can't control. The board can't control those things. Maybe you could talk to our superintendent, right? Our superintendent, superintendent, are you going to defund the police today? Right? I, you, I, you can write the superintendent because that's an operational thing. You can write the superintendent, superintendent. We still requiring these masks? And then the superintendent will say to us, um, yeah, uh, yes or no, you know, depending on what's going on. But I'm going to tell you, if it's not a topic on our agenda, it's probably not getting addressed by the board. So to attack the board on these things is, you know, it's not an effective, um, something that's effective, you know, for, you know, you know, I don't want to say waste time, but. It's not effective. It's not going to be effective to attack the board on su certain topics, especially the politically energized topics. And I'm going to pause there. Thank you. <laughs> Again, a, a lot to unpack. Um, but thank you for that, Karen. Um, I, I, I want to beg to differ on that last point and, and flip it from a, a critical thinker's perspective if I were to move into the realm of the so-called conservative. And I do this because how you said it really resonated with me in terms of why they keep doing what this what they are doing. And it goes back to, unfortunately, what I, I think is the, the most insidious purpose of the whole activity. And I use the word insidious because I think the people who are even doing it, it disenfranchises them in some way. Their, their vote becomes this thing that they utilize for a perspective that I don't think does a lot of good for them. So protesting at school boards is very effective in terms of what you said earlier. It keeps the wedge issue on the table. The wedge issue keeps these people jammed up and hot all the way through election so that they can actually vote the way these folks want them to vote. And these unfortunate people don't realize they're being utilized as myrmidons. You know, um, they'll, they'll run right off a cliff, whether it's for their own good or not. And that's what the wedge issue becomes. That's that's CRT. And we all know, those of us who take the time, I mean, there's a guy out there, and I won't dive too deep into it, but I think it bears mentioning here that the whole critical race theory argument and leveraging that at board meetings across the country is a very effective plan. If we all take a step back, we, we, we already know a lot of us have taken the time to truly understand, even though years, decades and half decades have gone by with the GOP has had this ability as conservatives to bond together on particular issues that take no more than two or three syllables. And they run with that for a couple of years, right through the presidential election, right on through the midterms, and they dive it on down to the grassroots locals and municipalities. And they stick to these one things, whether they like each other or not. On the other side, you've got Democrats, big tent people with very diverse perspectives, different ethnicities, a whole bunch of 
different ways of looking at things. I mean, we see it right now in government. We're finding it real difficult to get along to achieve the end that we know would be beneficial for all of us. But every election cycle, they've got to pick a thing, you know, and moving on from, you know, there's a black man in the White House, let's be plain, to draining the swamp, which fortunately the swamp only got bigger in such ways that we almost lost our democratic republic, topic for another show, to now what's gonna keep these people unified? Critical race theory. You're teaching my white child to be ashamed of himself or herself. You're teaching my white child to look on their greatness, their excellence, their American excellence as something to, to, to feel bad about. That, you know, you, 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 you people. Fear. Yes, the fear. That's fear. fear, but we don't teach critical race theory. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I'm trying to tell it. you. You know, the funny thing That's about the thing. it, I was just saying this on a recent podcast. If folks, again, would take the time to understand that there's a gentleman out there. He's got a name. He started this whole thing. He realized that anti-racism was being taught at a company out there on the West Coast. And he started looking at this whole anti-racism movement and this, this push for diversity and these, these things that are being taught at, at businesses. And he tried to make connections. He looked at this CRT thing and said, wait a minute. They're trying to make all of our white kids feel bad about themselves. This could help us win elections. Uh-huh. The next election cycle is going to be fought at the school board. And you folks are there just trying to do your job. Just do your job. Right. I, exactly. And, and, you know, I think I, I wanted to kind of talk about or, or share two perspectives. Uh, uh, one is from a national perspective, a lot of school boards are going through this issue and it is very much a political agenda. But I also wanna be clear about my personal experience as a member of the Gwinnett County School Board and, um, and as a black and Jewish woman, for me, it is not just political, but my personal experiences are related to one, my progressive values and also who I am as an individual, as a diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, professional, um, as someone who is really outspoken about, um, you know, uh, multicultural education, multilingual learning. Um, I'm also um, in engaged in um, the Black Lives Matter um, movement. Um, and I think that there's, you know, a target that people see me as. And so um, they have decided to address me in a way that tries to delegitimize who I am as a highly qualified member on the school board with an MBA, MPA, and doctor degree in education. Um, they try to relegate me to <laughs> my TikTok, which I am a creative artist. And um, for me, it's one of uh, the, the mediums of my expression of my art. Um, but they've, they've, they've targeted me in a way that my personal experience, when I compare it to other people who are on the board, I ask myself, well, what is the difference? What is the difference between them and me? And so then, so, 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 so um, as a black woman, as a, as a proud Jewish woman, 
Um, I, and I do feel like there's misogyny. I do feel like there is, you know, you know, racism, anti-Semitism, and anti-blackness that um, is a part of my experience on this particular school board. But I do think, aside from um, the Gwinnett County and my personal experience, that there there's this big overarching political agenda of conservatives creating narratives and disinformation to um, uh, to try to uh, maintain power and because of their own fear, right? And so I think one of the things that I always teach in diversity is one of the ways that we combat fear is through information, knowledge. When we share the truth, when we share information, um, when people learn and they take the time to study, they will no longer be afraid. And um, we have opportunities to really engage in like courageous conversations and create brave spaces to really have um, a dialogue where people with different perspectives can come together and learn from one another. Unfortunately, um, it, it's, it's, it's a challenge to be able to even, you know, get to this point where we are, are engaging one another uh, respectfully. Um, and and um, I, I hope that people who are attending the board meetings and who are very angry about the issue, I hope that they just take the time to one, see school board members as human beings, as people trying to do their job and yeah. focusing on student achievement. And two, I hope that they say, okay, this information uh, is, was shared with me. Let me, let me research. Let me, let me, let me figure out what, um, you know, what is trying, whatever it is, like what CRT is. Because people are like carrying CRT posters and they have no idea what it is, but they're just jumping on the bandwagon. And I would, I would encourage those people to, to really research what CRT is, to talk to people with different perspectives and understand that, most schools in our country don't teach CRT in the curriculum, but, but don't get it. I think it's very clear for us to, to understand that no child should be made invisible. So, 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 so the fact that you're coming to a school board meeting talking about, we don't want to teach about certain things, we should never be okay with having the CRT debate turn into making people invisible because of our own fear, right? Of this whole debate, right? We need to make a really firm stance on as school board members, as school leaders in the operations that every child matters and that we need to make sure that the history is taught factually and that in teaching the history, no child, no culture is made invisible. We can't do that. We have to stand by making sure that our children are represented, that there is culturally responsive teaching, which is CRT, culturally responsive teaching, not to be confused with, with um, the critical race theory, but culturally responsive teaching is absolutely 100% something we should be unapologetically um, uh, focused on in our school systems. Dr. Therese, that 
again, once again, a, a whole bevy of powerful statements. Uh, I, I totally agree. I would just say this, and I said it on a couple of podcasts a, a while back. I love the culturally responsive teaching. Um, that's good for white people. But also, you know, and, and we'll say that and we'll do that so we can move away from what's so hot and so jaded and has such emotional content at this point in time. But I always love to lean deep in discomfort on this show. And I, and I, I like to bring the pain if necessary. So I'll gladly bring the pain to white people. And I know my white brothers and sisters who of a like mind understand this as aspiring critical thinkers. Critical race theory is good for white people, too. The fact of the matter is, is that facts are immutable. They don't change. There are no alternative facts. What we have are opinions. And when the opinions get heated and jaded, people wind up walking around with signs saying things they do not understand. Critical race theory is not taught except at a collegiate level, most specifically when it comes to a legal state of mind trying to, to, to get your degree so you can adjudicate law. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that critical race theory should actually be taught at all levels because it requires that you look at the facts of what took place and understand how decisions were made and how people were impacted. You said it yourself. And that's something we can't lose sight of. I like to flip the script for people to understand that when you're protesting against CRT and you're talking about how it's shaming little white boys and little white girls, when in actuality, it is exposing them to things that would make their relationships and their lives better. At the same time, what you're doing is you're marginalizing again, continuously, since forever, people of color. You are asking that the system supports in how it executes shoving black people down. And that is the bottom line. And that, if you would care to do the research, is what you'll find is the truth. White people are feeling like they're being shamed and my brothers and sisters of lighter persuasion, you're not. The fact of the matter is, and I always try to point and pursue this, if you will be an aspiring critical thinker, then you must live by the hallmark. The hallmark of the aspiring critical thinker requires that you sincerely internalize and understand the perspective of others, most especially when that perspective is diametrically even violently opposed to your own. That means you are willing to step into the crucible and ask the hard questions of yourself. I would ask them to do that, quite literally, before you decide to pick up another sign and go to a board meeting and stand at, at, at attention on this wedge issue, is it really, really harming you? Or are you in fact harming someone else? Dr. Therese, I wanna go ahead and, and continue with you because you, you started to talk about, you know, and, and you, you did it from the very beginning. A lot of these things are targeted directly at you. Now, leaning into discomfort, we really have to get to a point of understanding exactly what you've been feeling and what you've been, been experiencing. And I'm just gonna say, I want you to go ahead and, and dive deep. I've seen the things. I want folks to understand that in this county, there are websites, there, there are people who are taking their time, they are dedicated to doing you harm. And then you've got a lot of folks out there who are saying, uh-uh, that's not true. I would advise them to tune into a board meeting, but please speak in your own terms. Get real. Tell us what you've been experiencing. Well, well, this is this is what I was saying. So for someone to say, oh, this is political, that's not my story, right? Because this is is political, but it's also who I am as an individual, right? And so and so for me, um, a lot of the targeting is um, really something that I did not expect. I've been in this space for, you know, in this space, I mean, diversity, equity, inclusion. I've been an anti-racist advocate for over 25 years now. 
And I've never experienced the vitriol around openly engaging diversity and talking about it, talking about disproportionality, talking about um, equity, um, talking about um, the why uh, we should, you know, f- uh, have an anti-racist school system. Um, I never n- realized that it would get to the point where literally I would have websites dedicated to me because of who I am as an, as an anti-racist um, individual and as a black Jewish woman. And so, um, and the reason why I, I, I say, uh, you know, my, 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 who I am is, is part of this uh, targeting is because when I compare the history of the other school board members um, who don't look like me, they've never been targeted in this way, even if they had a different belief. So, so um, again, part of the work as a diversity person is part of that. And then the other thing is just, um, you know, people just uh, are afraid, I guess, of, of, um, you know, of who, of who I am, because they think that, that I, I guess they think that I um, would take something from them or harm them because I'm a diversity advocate. And, and that's not the case. Like, you know, you said earlier, all my whole life's work has been inclusion of all people. And that includes white people. When I have, when I advocate for, um, you know, equity, equity basically means everyone gets what they need. That includes white people. Um, so there's no exclusion of any group. And I think people just assume, oh, she's a Black Lives Matter activist and all she cares about is Black people. Well, that's not true. I have my own multicultural heritage as well. And I support Black people, white people, Asian, Hispanic, you know, Native American. I mean, whoever you are, I think it's, 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 it's wonderful for us to just embrace our differences, our similarities. And, um, and, I, and I just feel like people don't understand me and they don't care to even get to know me. If they, if they really got to know me, they'll see how really dedicated I am to humanity, all people. And I think as a humanitarian for me um, and as an artist, it is, it is disappointing to feel targeted in this way and for people to misrepresent me. And, 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 and we can say like the whole TikTok Therese thing, right? They try to use my TikTok videos when I was a private citizen before I was elected. Um, I enjoy acting. And so I do a lot of acting scenes on, on my TikTok. And um, a few scenes I did before I was elected um, had profanity, um, Tyler Perry movies and some other, you know, I really enjoy just acting scenes. And so for me, um, and if you see the other content on my TikTok is all, a lot of it is acting or it's poetry or it's inspirational stuff. It's, you know, but, but it's, it's expressing my art. I'm painting and I share my, my, my paintings on TikTok, but they've, what they've done is they've taken my, my, uh, you know, videos before I was elected and they're using those as if it represents me as a school board member today and, and, and misrepresenting me. And, and, uh, 
And it's unfortunate because I, my art is everything. My art is, 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 it means so much to me and to, for, for it to be criticized in the way and used to, for political agendas is very, um, it's very disappointing. Let's say but, you know, Dr. Therese, it's soul wrenching. I, 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 I can feel you. I mean, you're creative. I've seen your stuff. I get mm -hmm. it. But every human being is a billion possibilities and they know deep down inside that it's very wrong to take the billion possibilities that a person can express themselves through or come up with or engage in and use that as the totality of a given individual. They are taking their creativity before and after and throwing that at you again like a rock. They're throwing it at well, you yeah. like a rock and they're trying to cause harm. And I want you to share okay, a yeah. bit about what you've had to do in order, because you felt threatened and you've had to take action to protect yourself. What, what have you had to do? Well, I mean, I, I am so anti-gun, right? <laughs> but I, um, I had to get a gun and I had to take classes and learn how to shoot it. So now I'm a card holding gun carrier, licensed gun carrier, right? And it's, it's, it's unbelievable because, um, you know, I never imagined that I would have a gun in my home because um, I don't believe in them. Like I just never did. But now I'm, I understand the need for people to have protection and, and to have gun protection. And so I had to do that now. Um, I also have a, a home security system I've never had before, but now it's a full security system inside of my house and outside of the perimeter. And, um, and I'm just waiting, you know, my life has changed, um, you know, quite dramatically just, you know, how I move and, and I'm more vigilant and, you know, I'm, I, I, uh, I'm very, very conscious of, of my environment and, and, and where I'm at and, you know, looking at, you know, cars and people and, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just me trying to be careful. Right. And, and always wanting to make sure that my children are safe and that I'm safe. And so, um, but, but, but these are things that I've had to do um, as a school board member that I just did not expect that I would be doing. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a hell of a thing. It's a hell of a thing because it takes a person who is at heart a creative, a person that wants to showcase her compassion and do what I always call the necessary work of uplift. And they, they took that desire and the fact that uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you 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 ran, you won, unopposed. Your constituency put you in that spot because you decided yeah. to serve, and they felt that you could do some good for the people in your district. That's the whole point. That these other people came out and they opened a whole new door for you, a door that you had never you had no desire to walk through. But now you got to go around strapped. But um, th those I are know. the ways. Those are the ways. It is it's crazy. crazy. I I don't I don't think people really realize the sacrifice that people have made like i am going through a lot of um just a lot of of of, of uh, i'm enduring a lot of hate but i still can stay focused on my why and my purpose so it's a big sacrifice um a personal sacrifice but it's worth it because i understand that at this time I am where I need to be because I am an anti-racist educator, because I am very unapologetically um, fighting for 
representation of all of our children um, and diversity and equity. Because I am unapologetic about that, I know that I need to be where I am today on this board because I will fight. I will fight for every single child. And, and so and as good. much as I have that's this good. sacrifice, yeah. right, as much as I'm sacrificing, I'm suffering, I still know my purpose and I'm, I'm, I'm living my purpose and I'm very clear about that. So when they talk about the whole TikToks and they try to define me by that, I know who I am. And who I am is a Columbia University graduate who has an MPA in public policy administration, an MBA from Emory University, an EDD, and people like try to relegate me to a freaking TikTok. And I'm way more than that. And that's where, and that's where I'm like, okay, I know who I am. I know the value that I can add on this board. I am a mother. I am a teacher, I'm an educator, entrepreneur, I'm an artist. I, I know all these things. And so um, I, uh, I just find it quite interesting how people, that's all they say and that's all they have to say, but they can't see black excellence. They can't fathom it. There's so they, they it. relegate there's, you to something else. There's, there's the, a pain to it. And of course, they've been given uh, the, the opportunity to attack it. But I want to get... Karen in here too, because Karen, you know, uh, before you got in office, I, I, I saw your name on some of these websites too. And, you know, before we move further along on other topics, I want to, I want to hear how you've been affected by this, this, this small portion of our community with very outsized voices that have connected with what can only be called a national movement against you. Um, first, I, you know, I do want to say, you know, um, Dr. Therese has, has been highlighted in this effort here. And um, I feel it's primarily because of what she do, she does for her living and helping to educate people in diversity and inclusion, um, help people understand that, you know, culturally responsive teaching is something we should be doing. Um, and um, it's unfortunate fortunate because there is this movement out there and you know I, I will talk about myself in a minute but I want to just echo what she was saying it's unfortunate because there's this movement out there and because of the fabulous work that she does for um people throughout the nation right um she has been targeted she has been highlighted and that highlight was based off of fear you have no left term right these organizations that are national and they are honing in. She's like the last, you know, although you have two other people of color on there <laughs> on the board, but she has been highlighted because of, you know, I hate to say it, but she, she keeps them going because of what she does, all the great work that she does, which um, again, you know, I, I, you know, I, hate to say, it, but you know, like what she does is, you know, she adds value to our board because of her insight. But again, what they're targeting and doing, you know, they, they're, they're targeting her. It's not going to help with, you know, targeting her. It's not going to help fulfill their agenda of um, whatever it is, because if we, we aren't, those are the topics we're dealing with right now. And I want us to stay focused because again, 
CRT is something we should, you know, all learn from. We should all, you know, understand. It is something that, you know, what 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 the base is for it, for the thought of it is, you know, you know, from the culturally responsive teaching to just understanding different cultures, all of those types of things. Those are components that build into critical race theory, but we do not do critical race theory. I just want everyone to understand that because it is, you know, because, um, you know, what you, I think you addressed this about the fear um, people have, you know, you're going to make my child feel bad. Um, that's not happening when you're, you know, when, when you, <laughs> that's just not gonna happen. You know, we, we, we do, we want to teach facts, right? And a fact is a fact, <laughs> can't change the fact. I don't know how people are gonna feel from that fact, right? Whatever that fact is. Um, but the intention is not to make the child feel bad by teaching a fact. You get, you, you understand? And so I just want people to understand that. And it's unfortunate that, you know, Dr. Therese, you know, you know, I hate that Dr. Therese has been bottled up into this, um, you know, because of her life's work because of who she is, um, because, you know, because of that, people's fears are all on her and affecting her life. Yeah. And that has to stop it. And that, ha that stops by allowing the board to do its job, what, you know, whatever job that is in partnership with our, you know, the, the entire the governance team to do its job by staying focused on policies and focused on what's required to ensure our students achieve. What's built into that is, um, you know, voices from the community where it's tied back to education and the things that have, you know, actually have to happen. Um, and inclusive of, you know, the experts, you know, we hired a great superintendent. We had, a, you know, we had a superintendent that, you know, get paid a lot of money to, 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 with their <laughs> expertise to help us to, you know, we, you know, to help us understand what, what, you know, you know, to help in that effort to help us understand if we're going to get to the point of student achievement and help and helping them be comfortable and safe in their environment, which is the school, which is the schools itself. And leveraging all the expertise that surround the superintendent and then all the expertise for, you know, from those in the community that, you know, really, you know, that, that are there to help ensure that our, all our students achieve. So now I'll, I'll go back to your question, which is, um, <laughs> I just want everyone to know this, unfortunately. No, no, you know, no, you, you, you got to Dr. Drake has been targeted yeah, because of who yeah. she is. I mean, what does TikToks have to do about with education? What does even Facebook got to do with education? I mean, you know, I, I, you know I'm, I'm still not fully uh, grasping or understanding. What does an article being posted have to do with our, our, our Gwinnett County Public School student achievement? An article being posted by one individual that, you know, happens to, you know, you know, read things and want to share things with folks um, and, you know, and, and, and get their opinions on it. You know, it's, it, it is, um, it's, it's, it's very sad because, you know, a whole life can get ruined, especially when the person is devoting their life to help educate people and also, you know, help ensure that all of our students achieve in a very positive way. So I just wanted to highlight and, you know, hone in on that. Um, where we can be, where, you know, we could help some of these parents be more effective uh, by focusing in on student achievement and all of our students achieving instead of um, attacking. Okay. Um, with reference to me, I, you know, I get my own little um, personal 
attacks in boxes. I'm not much of a poster, right? So you don't see at a little old school in that fashion. <laughs> um, <laughs> TikToks, you know, that, that just I became new to me. Um, <laughs> more trying to keep up with the kids than um, <laughs> everything else. Um, you know, so, you know, I'm not much of a poster. I'm not much of, you know, anything, but there are, um, you know, things where I've had people parked out in front of my house. Okay. Um, you know, I'll go jogging and someone's asking me if my husband's home. Um, I've had, you know, I, you know, in the beginning I used to, I got hundred, you know, it's just, you know, reminiscing about that the other day, hundreds upon hundreds of comments and hate. Um, you know, and I try me personally, I, you know, um, the way I, you know, I, I, I tried to just not look at it. Um, but yesterday, you know, I did, I did take a little look, um, <laughs> the other day and I just remember, you know, people calling me to spawn and say, I, I, you know, I'm Satan, I'm killing our children. I'm, um, you know, I, you, what is it? Because I didn't want SROs. I'm, I'm, I'm making it you know, something about me not wanting SROs. And I, I'm not even understanding. Remember the whole defund the police thing, tying it back to that. And I don't even have control over this. And you're, you know, and, and saying that, you know, um, you know, I'm going to get, you know, kill all our kids in school. I'm a baby killer. Um, all of this and, you know, everything all, all because of, um, all because of politics. Okay. All because of, um, because I do have, you, you know, um, I, I'm going to, you know, I tell everyone I'm fiscally conservative, right? I'm very fiscal conservative. But I'm very progressive when it comes to thought because, you know, I'm one who believes that if you ensure that the entire community thrives, you know, then you thrive. So it's almost like a symbiotic, you know, relationship that we have, not a parasitic relationship where, you know, where all those at a higher level that's rich and everything like that just suck the life and resource out of everything. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So you when you help everyone, everyone helps everyone, you know, you, you, you. you, build, you get a business, business gives to the community, the community gives back to them. You need money to go and shop at your business, right? So that's, you know, that, that's the way, you know, I think, you know, of the, I think in a very progressive where everyone is, you know, we, we support each other. Healthcare, same thing. You know, you give, you give it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to pay a ton of taxes to make sure, because as you can see right now, with what's happening in the hospitals, <laughs> you know, you, you sitting here paying this insurance, but you can't get you, you can't see the doctor. We are getting a taste of what it's going to look like with healthcare in the future. We might as well be um, everything that, you know, everyone's complained about because we are paying for those people right now that are suffering with the COVID in the hospital. Okay. So, you know, you know, and I digress, but this, <laughs> this hey, year, you know, for me, the edges, Karen, like I told you, I know, hey. I digress, don't, but you know, don't. you know, and it has nothing to do with board stuff. This is me just thinking, but um, this, it is very, you know, interesting, um, you know, how uh, my, you know, my life has been affected by this. Um, you know, Dr. Therese has had it much because I, you know, I at least have a support system. I have my husband. I have, um, you know, I have a very strong support system. We have grandparents here. We have, you know, us here. We have everyone here. Um, so I do feel somewhat protected, even though I have people lurking. There's people lurking. I mean, I got, you know, I get calls. I'm coming for you. Okay. These are people, you know, and, you know, regardless of what they, you know, what they mean to me, you know, I take that as a threat. You, you know, you're coming for me and then they did and then they backtrack and say, no, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that. No, you, you, I, I know what you mean. You know, um, it's unfortunate you feel that way, but you can't come at people, you know, and try to bully, 
you know, with threats and ways, you know, of, you know, of, of you know, saying that that's not going to be effective. That's not effective um, to help your cause. Whatever that cause is, that's not effective. Um, but staying focused and, you know, really staying focused on helping to ensure all of our students achieve, that's effective. And leveraging topics that help to ensure students achieve that are on topic is effective. I'm not saying that people can't have their free speech, but the free speech thing has gone to, you know, from my perspective, to a point of bullying, to a point of where it's, where it's being witnessed, um, you know, by our children and affecting their behaviors. It's being witnessed in our board meetings. And this is just me and my feeling. You know, I can't speak for every board member, but the point of bullying, the point of um, just the straight attacking, the lack of civility that's out there. I, you know, I, you know, been called stupid, you know, I'm this lady that just has, you know, I don't know, she got kids, you know, you know, just, just this lady that's out there that, you know, um, just, you know, out there to ruin all children. I mean, I used to get hundreds of comments about that. Um, I couldn't even respond to it because this didn't even make any sense at that point. These people don't even want to know me nor get to know me. Yes. They just make an assumption because of their fear, because of what has been drummed down from places like, um, you know, they, there's organizations, national organizations like No Left Turn. And, you know, where they, um, you know, and I'm going to quote here, they, they were going to have a meeting. And here's what it says. It says, not on my watch. The times change, but the needs for our children do not hidden dangers disguised as cultural norms. The, the, the mind playing here and, and the word changing just because, you know, you, making cultural a bad word. And then they say, you know, are a growing concern for families, young adults and children in today's world. It is imperative parents understand the enemy's culture of chaos. You see how they're demonizing culture, the world's word culture. So even if you say what Dr. Therese pointed out, culturally responsive thinking, they're even trying to figure out how to, you know, which is a decent thing, right? To understand different cultures, right? And, and work with different cultures to, um, you know, teach, you know, uh, not thinking, but um, teaching, to teach, you know, how to work with different cultures. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. That's a global thing. That actually helps to lift our children to be able to work with everyone which is a fantastic thing. But the fact that they, you know, you have, you know, meetings like this, which help to even demonize the word culture because they couldn't, they can't use critical race theory anymore. So they got to figure out another way to, um, you know, <laughs> demonize something else to help ensure that we don't teach our kids something else. So I, you know, I just wanted some, something that could actually help them, right? So, you know, the play on words, all these things are strategic measures that I personally feel are for political gain, which is unfortunate because it affects our children. And, um, and it's not based off of facts. It's not based off of anything. It's based off of a fear to help drum up a fear. And in people so that, you know, because they may not be familiar well, they should be in Gwinnett County because 80% diverse. You should be familiar with the, <laughs> you should be familiar. You live in it, right? Which is a fantastic thing. But, you know, because they, they're not familiar with, you know, it, it may be in their mind, they're not familiar with it, you know, in a certain type of way. It becomes a fear for them, especially when you, when, when, when organizations try to demonize 
demonize certain words and do these types of things to twist it to be something that could be unhealthy. Culture. How could you twist culture to be unhealthy? That you know, I and but I'm reading on the way they're twisting it to, to drum up a fear. And I'm going to go ahead and pause there. I probably said too much, but um, these are just my feelings. <laughs> no, this is no, not as a no. board member, but this is my feeling as a community member mm-hmm. and how because of these twistings of things, it could affect my family's life, other people around me's life, and, um, you know, just hurt people for, you know, because of fear, because of fear. Yeah. No, no, Karen, remember, you're on Edge the Edges. You, you get the opportunity to speak your mind, speak your passion. You, you may be a board member, you and Dr. Therese, but you're also both human beings. And, you know, you don't live in one dimension. You, you have the right speak your mind and you know before we go to closing remarks here i just want to add an addendum to what you just said i want everyone to to apply your critical thinking mind and definitely check out this no left turn organization it's national it's pervasive but one thing i want you to know and make sure you're having your critical thinking hat on because you know karen hit a very very important point the opposition and and i and i hate to use that word because I've always been an advocate of looking at people as human beings as opposed to others. That's why I've got friends who lament being Republican now, but want to figure out how to take their party back. But they've always been good at word usage and demonization. And more importantly, and we people of color, we, we, really, we really know about this a lot, but appropriation. No left turn pits MLK against Black Lives, Ma- Black Lives Matter. No left turn uses images and in wordplay to twist and contort perspective. Dr. King was a radical. He was not loved in his time. Do we forget how he lost his life? He would be marching in Black Lives Matter. Don't you know? And, And I want people to go to that website and understand where we have folks here in the state of Georgia and they're looking at this federal mandate to investigate and and look at what, in many respects, can only be termed domestic terror. You got people sitting outside folks' houses. You got folks having to walk through doors that they've never done before. They wouldn't have thought about it because that's not how they live their lives, but they recognize now that it's part of serving, they have to defend themselves because you've made them fear what you might do. And you call yourself being a concerned parent? I find it the very opposite of being a concerned parent when you teach your kid that it's okay to, as Karen said, bully others, even up to the point of implied violence. That is not the way. That is not the way. So I I look at the federal government getting engaged as the appropriate and right thing to do, perhaps even a little too late. I know you folks have reached out to the Federal Bureau of Investigation and have been talking about this since it all started. And I would, you know, just admonish the folks, especially if you have a touch to the folks in No Left Turn and some of them are your friends. They live around here in our community. That is not the way. We want to love each other, but you are proving time and time again that you do not love us when you dedicate your time to a website that takes a leader of Dr. King's caliber who marched for us and the work still continues and you turn him into some trope, some tool to again marginalize people of color and convince us to believe that you're doing the right thing because you've always known better than us since you dragged us 
from the shores of Ghana. This is not the right thing. But enough of that. Dr. Therese, before we end, I know you have some powerful parting words for us, sister, because you've been dropping power all throughout the podcast. Please give us your final words. Um, I guess my final words will be the actions I would like for the school system to take, um, for the government to take, to support school board members and school leaders across our nation. And, you know, I appreciate the Biden administration from going just beyond the First Amendment rights, because what people are saying is, I have the First Amendment rights. I can cyber bully you. I can intimidate you. I can harass you. I can do all of these things because of my First Amendment rights. So what I appreciate now is the federal government stepping in now because locally we did not get the support. Stepping in now to say, this has gotten out of hand. And in fact, some of this is borderline domestic terrorism. Some of this is borderline harassment. Some of this is borderline hate crime. And so, and and I understand, I wanna be clear about the disagreement. People can certainly disagree. People can certainly protest. People can certainly be angry about policies, about decisions we are making, but how you, the actions you take in terms of the cyberbullying, in terms of insurrecting meetings um, and, and doing certain things that are um, personal attacks on people, that is beyond um, where we need to be to be able to drive change, to be able to listen to one another. So we have to, and I encourage people to again, Think critically, read, research, learn, listen to different perspectives. Diversity is a beautiful thing. You don't have to always agree, but just listen. And 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 so um, I, I just hope that everyone um, can just see people for human beings and understand that we are imperfect. But if we can see one another in love and in grace, then. Um, I think we can move forward. So uh, finally, I just want to say my hope is that our school boards become more secure, that we have, you know, cameras and and weapons detection and possibly more, more, um, you know, officers for uh, facility security. Um, I hope that we have equity related to the personal security detail for targeted board members. Um, I hope for intentional tracking and investigations of intimidation tactics and cyberbullying and harassment. Um, you know, I hope for, you know, more employment of like the Hate Crimes Prevention Act and other laws to ensure the protection and prosecution of hateful actions. I hope for justice for specific school board members who have been targeted. Um, and negatively impacted. And then I also hope that like our school boards across our nation um, can just joyfully serve to help our children. We 
did not sign up for the hate. All we want to do is make sure that every single child has what they need to be successful in school and have the opportunity to thrive. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Reed. Karen? <laughs> um, I echo what Dr. Therese said, um, but there is one point I do want to make. Um, you know, safety in our school board meetings is critical because we do have students there. We have community members there. We have everything. And, you know, we have all everyone there that wants to ensure that our students achieve. So it's not just us as board members where we are, um, you know, concerned about our lives, but those who are trying to contribute in a positive way, you know, the staff, um, absolutely, every, absolutely. Everyone that is there, we need them to be safe. Um, so we wish that it, it, you know, we wouldn't need all of this security. Remember, all of this comes at a cost. And, you know, we want to keep, you know, one of the things I'm just was pointing out yesterday, you know, we do want to keep our local government power because that's important because we want to be able to help ensure for education, at least that our, um, we are making the, you know, locally the right decisions for our kids, right? We have leadership there that is helping to help make the right decisions and strategically think about how to support the kids locally based on our demographic population, what our people's, what our students need here, right? And have that control. But I am extremely happy that um, it has been identified and it's unfortunate, you know, it, it's been identified at a national level, okay? Because we're all experiencing this. This is not just a special little Gwinnett thing. All of us are experiencing it throughout the nation. Um, and I'm glad that the federal government has chosen to respond, to take a careful look at this, um, to help ensure our safety in our communities. I am very thankful for that. Um, but people have to understand this isn't just an isolated Gwinnett County public thing, public school thing. This is something um, where, you know, the nation school board members are being attacked because of many things they can't control. <laughs> and it's and and due to the fact that we aren't rich people. Well, most of us are, you know, I I, I can't, you know, I can't speak for but yeah, you know. I, I'm not a rich person that can just hire bodyguards to protect me, okay? I can't hire bodyguards to protect my children when they're at school. Um, we can't do these things, you know, um, you know, for, for protection. Um, we also can't, we can't, you know, like, you know, school systems can't devote all their salaries or, or, or all their, you know, you know, tax dollar to protect everyone because we have to protect our children too, right? Protect our children, protect the staff, protect everyone. You know, so I am thankful for, you know, um, I am thankful for the any assistance at the federal government, but we have to, you know, I also want us to be careful um, because, you know, this was just highlighted um, yesterday to me of, you know, where it, you know, it's important that we do maintain local power and still leverage our local police officers, you know, and help make these decisions locally as well. Um, but I'll be quite frank, I don't think, you know, we... Because this is, I, I, Dr. Therese pointed this out. This is unprecedented. Unprecedented. 
This, um, this, I don't believe in our history this has ever happened, especially at Gwinnett County Public Schools. There's a picture floating around there of the, you know, takeover of our board. We, you know, what many of our community, our community members have addressed to us has been an insurrection. As an insurrection, those who were sitting there that saw it play out addressed it to us as this being an insurrection. I don't know if you were there, um, um, Derek, but you know, this is what community and what you heard from community members. Um, what they're, you know, what many people are thinking that we just, you know, made this up and, you know, but, the, but because this is a national crisis, um, you know, I feel validated. I will be, you know, I feel good that this is, you know, I'm not good, but I feel validated that, that someone has identified that this is a crisis that's occurring with school board members. Um, and I, you know, I, I just know that, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that someone is trying to help protect our community, you know, is trying to help protect our communities, not to say that our local government hasn't tried, but they, this is because of the unprecedented nature, because of it, you know, you know, you know, it's a lot of these things take thoughtful planning, a lot of these things, and, you know, hopefully in the future we can work with our, you know, we, and we are, I see it now because of the way our school board meetings have been running. We are working with our local authorities. We are, you know, working because, because now we know we have to take another step above, but having the additional help of the federal government, I feel, you know, I feel great about that. Absolutely. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Karen. And, and yeah, you, you, you know, I was, I was there to see it. And, and to your point, a lot of folks simply didn't know how to respond. They didn't know how to respond because power structure is changing. And it's a different perspective. And a lot of folks didn't know how to react to that, let alone support it. But of course, in natural historical fashion, others reacted true to form. But at the end of the day, the thing is concerned parents should be concerned for all our American children in the way they should be supported with equity in celebration of diversity. The school board is a place of education, of policymaking. It should be a crucible of critical thinking, not lambasting, attacking, throwing rocks from the back or the front of the room, be they metaphorical and, and God forbid ever real. School board is about working on the interests of our students, teachers, administrators, and staff that support them and educate them. You also have to understand that CRT, cultural response of teaching, not CRT critical race theory, but nice just the same, it's good for white people. And I don't want anyone to lose sight of that. And in time, masks shall pass if we act appropriately. Dr. Therese, Karen, esteemed members of the Gwinnett County School Board, I just want to uh, thank you for taking the time this morning. Edges have been adequately etched and I hope to have both of you back soon to tell us how things are going in the great, the great county of Gwinnett and the great state of Georgia in this great nation of ours, the United States of America. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. Serving in order to do right by the people. Serving for the children. What could be more noble? Two women who rise, rise to the challenges of our time, to right wrongs that persist still, that peculiar evil at the root of the founding of our great nation, with its pernicious and insidious ability 
to ensnare even the most well-meaning in its grasp, appropriating culture and icons for its purposes, convincing good people to do wrong, to harass and bully. Dr. Therese Johnson, Vice Chair Karen Watkins, we thank you. We hold you up for standing in the gap, for being willing to try and do what's right. We stand with you and we thank you. Most certainly, we do thank you. And to our listeners, of course, we thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. So please like and subscribe. Tell your family, tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Itch the Edges. And don't forget to visit our website at itchtheedges.com. Check us out. Join the movement. Express your commitment to the cause. The cause for a better America, a better world, where we all can stand together at the mountaintop. Do it for America. Indeed. Do it for a better world. Be good to yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time.